This is the book of Joe. My book. Let's go deep inside where the sea People stop reading the Bible. Let's open up the Exodus 28-11. They don't understand it. Glory to God. There are so many promises in this book. We got to get back to telling the truth. John 16, 33. I told you to sing so that you may have peace. Nah, I'm not a minister. <laughs> you can't hand down your faith. You got to get your own. Now people just need to see it from a different perspective. God really is good all the time. God says, if he loved me, keep my commandments. I first ask myself, who's speaking? Did you reach your and then everything sounds different from there. But God does not lie. I'm Joe, and this is what I found in the Bible. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, this is an interesting podcast today because the date is actually September 19th, 2020 when I'm recording this. And it's three days before my signing, where I'll be spiritually and legally wed to my current fiance. And I had a dream last night. I was attacked last night by a demon who possessed one of my family members. And it's a family member with whom I no longer speak. And I had a dream of this family member actually a couple weeks prior to this. And that dream had some symbolic meanings in it. And it basically boiled down to the fact that me and that member of the family uh, will not be on speaking terms moving forward. And then two nights prior to this dream um, that I had last night, I dreamt of this person's mother. And she too is a person with whom I no longer speak. Yet in that dream, she was offering me an apology and she was hoping to attend our signing um, which is three days from now. And so that was five days away, right? Now, months ago, I had told my husband-to-be that I would fast or do something to get ready for this union um, with God. And I told him that it was in my spirit that I would need to do something three days before the wedding, which is today. Um, but I knew months ago... Um, that something three days ahead of time was going to happen between me and God. And so this dream kind of like brought me there, all right? So I asked God last night, knowing this, um, to send me visions. I, I told him, send me visions um, over this weekend because my son is away and my fiance is away having guys night. And so I am home alone with myself and God for this Sabbath. And I wanted to know what he wants from my baptism, which is scheduled for the night of my signing, and what he wants from our ceremony itself. I haven't even written my, my vows to him yet and things like that. So um, so I knew I was going to go into the shell, basically. And then last night I dreamt and I woke up and I took notes. And the first thing I noted before I grabbed my dream journal was the time. Um. And I remember that the time was a direction given to me when it came to Legends Baptism, right? Like it was 5.12 a.m. when I woke up today. Um, but it 
it didn't feel as certain as a direction like when I woke up from Legends um, baptism dream because that the dream before his baptism rather because that one was clearly two 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 like two twenty two in the morning I woke up and I looked at my phone and I knew God was telling me Joe research this I got the same vibe but it wasn't an exact feeling like I didn't feel like five twelve was a thing that uh was it was all about five twelve right I felt like it was like more like a ballpark area that I had and I needed to read a little before or after whatever verse, you know, I researched. Remember, you guys, I don't know the Bible, right? I don't know the Bible. So how God speaks to me and gets me to the word or gets me to the Bible is all divinity and trust and faith. You understand? So um, so he told me, 512. I looked at my phone. I knew that 512 meant something just like 222 meant something, but it didn't strike me as hard as 222 did. And so it, it was more or less like 512. If you, if you look up 512, you'll be in the ballpark area. All right. Then when I recorded my dream in the journal, um, I get to a part where I awake, you know, I'm writing the whole dream down and everything that happened in it. And then I get to the end and I write the time that I woke up, which was 512. And then the Holy Spirit faintly whispered to me, no kidding. It was, it, it, it literally said in my spirit, Matthew. And it was so faint. I almost missed it. Like I took a second and I doubted what I heard really quickly because I was reasoning with myself, right? And I wanted to be careful not to insert my own self into the message. But the spirit, my spirit, me, my personality immediately stepped back. Right. And it was like I could I could feel the part of me that was me stepping back with like my hands up and confessing quickly before I even thought anything else. It wasn't me like that wasn't me. You know what I mean? So it was like my spirit confirmed um, that it had no hand in that message. So it was all in a matter of a sec of seconds that this happened. Right. So I wrote in my journal, uh, the book of Matthew came to mind. I wrote the words, the book of Matthew came to mind and I wrote that in my journal. So I write down all of these researched sermons that come to me. And so I actually, in my computer right now, took a picture of my journal and put it with this research that I'm doing. Just so that, you know, if ever I pass away or something like that, or y'all find my computer, y'all know God was talking to me. It's wild. Like, he be talking to me. It's, it's really wild. So anyway. <laughs> so, but I still, I still was doubting myself. Um, and what I heard. So I, I typed in into Google. I didn't type in Matthew, right? I typed in simply Bible 512, like chapter 5, verse 12, and the word Bible. I didn't do anything else. I typed that into Google. But when I did, Matthew chapter 5, verse 12 was the first verse to pop up. Romans followed it, but Matthew popped up first. So I laughed a little to myself and I was like, Joe, you know what you heard, right? So then I read, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And I always talk back and forth between the King James Version and the NIV because of my upbringing. Like the NIV was the Bible of the Jehovah's Witnesses, I think so anyway. And um, so I'm familiar from my short time of Bible study with them. 
And, um, but the King James Version has been the widely accepted and the closest translation of the Hebrew text. So I, I bounce back and forth from what I know and then what I also understand, right? So um, the NIV read, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So I laughed a little bit after reading the King James Version because my tough time is based in being called something as powerful as a prophet. I'll be honest with you guys. When I met the pastor who is going to um, announce us married and um, witness what God has brought together on Tuesday, um, I walked up to him. I hadn't said a word to him. And he was like, well, how are you, prophetess of the Lord? And this is during a time in my life where God is talking to me like and I'm having a hard time. So it really like kind of blew me over. And I really was like, what did he just say to me? And my fiance laughed because he knows he knows that I'm, I'm struggling with acceptance of my 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 uh, the things God is asking me to do. I'm still having even a hard time calling it a gift or an office. I, that's the words in my mind right now, but I'm having a hard time, y'all. So while part of me is like, I overwhelmingly want to be of use to God. That's what I want, right? The other part of me just wants to limit that use of me into my comfort zones, right? Because, yeah. So I've been praying on it. And in obedience, I put out a podcast last night at sundown. And um, the podcast is called The Book of Joe. And it's my Bible study findings, basically. And um, I put out my Deuteronomy um, lesson last night. Um, so yesterday was also the Jewish Rosh Hashanah, right, which is the new year. So it seems that this new beginning that God is having with me is right on time, right? So now let me get into the word, all right? Here's the setup. Y'all know I like to set y'all up a little bit. So I Google search what is the book of Matthew, right? And it says... It's the first of four Gospels and also the first book of the New Testament. I didn't know that until today. It also says it's one of the three synoptic Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, they all describe the same things from different perspectives, which is really cool because if you guys have ever watched God is Not Dead or, or they do a trial for God or I forget which one it was because I've watched them all. But basically, uh, they have an expert that um, that agrees that Jesus walked the earth, who was once an atheist, but he now agrees that Jesus walked the earth because his expertise is in um, confess like witness confessions and things like that. So he basically used the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as people testifying as to what they saw and the consistencies um, and the things that were added here but missing there paint a real picture. And so therefore he verified that it's a true work, that they're telling the truth. So anyway, I thought that was really, really cool. But anyway, it tells how Israel's Messiah, this is back to Google's definition of Matthew. It tells how Israel's Messiah rejected and executed in Israel, pronounces judgment on Israel and its leaders and becomes the salvation of the Gentiles. All right. And so it's preceded by the book of Baruch, which is an ancient text purportedly written by Baruch, the secretary of and friend of Jeremiah. Now, if you guys know anything about um, my walk right now and my son's walk legend, uh, has Jeremiah over him right now. That's what the book that he started in. Um, I was actually told to start in John back when I was maybe 25 years old and I never 
read it. I never actually got there. There was a bishop that told me I needed to start in John. But anyway, here we are, okay? So all these little things make sense to me in special ways. But anyway, we're talking about Baruch, and she was the secretary of the friend of, uh, and a friend of Jeremiah, um, who is an Old Testament prophet. And then it also um, is a book that still exists in Greek and so on and so forth, right? And then um, while I was trying to figure it out a little more, I saw underneath it that it had on overviewbible.com, there was a nice breakdown by Jeffrey Kranz um, about the book of Matthew. Because, you know, like I said, you guys, I like to study the Bible as a theater prop, like as a script. So I need to know the setting and I need to know the person talking and, and I need to understand them a little bit to really take in what is happening. So in that video, the, the man Jeffrey Krantz, he breaks it down really nicely and he says the Bible is in two parts. There's the Old Testament, which deals with God and the Israelites. And then there's the New Testament, which um, deals with Yeshua and his disciples or Jesus and his disciples, right? I call him Yeshua because if I lived back then and I knew him as well as I call him my friend, that would be his household name. So I, I toggle back and forth, all right? I'm not pressuring you guys to do that. Um, so Matthew is the, they say, he said, this is Jeffrey's words, all of these notes here. Matthew is the best book to begin the New Testament. And he says, Matthew was, um, one of the 12 disciples. He is the author, but it doesn't say that in any place, right? The book is anonymous, but through times, through time, people credited Matthew with the book. And so we take their word for it. So basically the book was brought to somebody, the document, and they were like, this is Matthew's book, right? So then Matthew was a tax collector, and so they agree that he wrote the book because it's written in excellence, and it's very methodical. Um, they say he was a literary genius, right? And being a tax collector is not a popular occupation. So if you guys ever have time to watch The Chosen, it's free on your phone and even online. Um, but The Chosen is a, a fantastic, excellent display of the life of Jesus. And Matthew's character in that, I think, is well executed as a very thoughtful, pensive man. Um, but you guys can take a look at that. So anyway, Matthew's point of view in the book is to put Yeshua as the fulfillment of the Old Testament and make him greater than all other heroes that they know about. Right. Matthew also seeks to make Jesus's teachings harmonious with the Old Testament law. So that's one of the reasons why this man felt like Matthew um Matthew being the first book of the, of the New Testament or the second part of the Bible was important because he did a little bit of reaching back into the old traditions to kind of interweave um, Jesus into what they understand so that they didn't necessarily um, toss him out because Yeshua wasn't tossing out them, you know. So Matthew was kind of pleading his case. Um, a little bit in the way that he wrote it, according to this guy's opinion, which I kind of agree with. All right. And then he says that Matthew wanted to elevate Yeshua's teach, teachings, teachings and purpose. And by the end of the gospel, he captures Yeshua's call to action for them to all go and teach um, since he has taught them. So that that part is, is is good. And then he wants to show, it says that Matthew wants to show Jesus as the king of the Jews and as the messianic king, right, that was coming to offer them salvation because Jesus looks nothing like they expected him to. So he's just putting his cosign on, yes, this is him. I know it to be true. I know he doesn't look like 
what we thought he would look like. I hear y'all. I agree. But he is who he is, right? So that's Matthew's kind of stance on this. And then the, the guy who does this video also breaks it down a little further to say that um, chapters one and two is a prologue. It's like he said, it's it's excellently written. So one to two is a prologue and it's just set up for all of the themes that we'll find in the book, right? And then you have the end of the book of Matthew is the climax where Jesus surprisingly dies and then even more shockingly is resurrected right and then all of the middle of Matthew they call the scholars call it the discourses right and they represent the teachings of Jesus and there are five sets of them before the ending comes right and the discourses are set up with stories first that then lead um, Jesus Yeshua Mashiach whomever you would like to address him as biblically um, he then makes it more plain with his sermons and his teachings and his deliveries, right? So then um, he goes on to explain the different types of uh, discourses, right? The first dealing with discipleship and, and how the devil tempts him. And then they have the Sermon on the Mount and so on. That's actually where this five, chapter uh, five, verse 12 came from it came from that portion of it so it's a little early on in Matthew um and so there's a whole bunch of notes that I took on that that I'm going to go ahead and skip a little bit because I do want to get into the purpose of this um this talk but it's a little different than the other ones because I didn't I stumbled on this lesson right so as I read right I thought of the verse that my friend um, one of my good friends, he's my makeup artist, he had called me and he was saying that he was struggling with a verse in Matthew last night. And that verse was in chapter 10, verse 16. And he had said he asked one of the clergymen um, the meaning, but he got no response. But when he so he asked me if, you know, I would consider it and, and what I thought to and to let him know. And as soon as he told me about it, um, I, I a word came to me for him. And basically, you know, the, the verse itself is about the behold, I'm sending you like sheep uh, amongst wolves. You have to be as smart as uh, serpents and yet as gentle as doves. That's a paraphrase. That's not word for word, but that's basically what it says. So then I told him that, you know, I, I feel in my spirit at this time that God wants to send you, but it was a blessing to myself as well. There's a reason why I got this from him last night before I prayed for this vision and before I delivered this lesson, right? So this is my setup, right? So I said, I believe that God wants to send you, talking to myself as well, me, to bring some people to him, to go into the dark places where the churches don't go. And God wants you to be the light. So when you do go, the people there will seek to devour you. They'll seek to keep you with them and they'll be drawn to you like wolves are to sheep. However, you are given a gift and that gift has power. So when you start in your gift, you will overpower them at first, right? And it's important that you use your wisdom on who you do this to, right? And be strategic and clever like the serpent, but let your intentions be pure and harmless like the dove. This way, you respect your gift and they don't feel bullied or judged by you. They just feel the love of God in you, right? He's sending you to do a work. 
And that was the basic gist of what I gave him. But I realized that was for me too. And today I wake up and Matthew 5, 12, um, but not as a specific direction, as a ballpark of what God wanted me to know. And now from these notes that I just took about the, from the video about what was going on in Matthew, um, I read or I I read as far as I could in chapter five. And I said, let me just see what it says because I don't know. Right. So I read, I read. And now that I've read, I know that God stopped me at verse 16, but chapter five, starting from verse one through 16 is where I'm at today. And this message is called light salt. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, we thank you. We thank you for another opportunity to dive into your word, God. I'm asking that you use me. Come get your people. Let you be in the front. Let me be in the back, Lord. It is not about me. I thank you for the opportunity to be of use. I thank you for this message, especially for me and my personal struggle, Lord. You know what I need, and I thank you. And for whoever tunes into this who is struggling in the same way that I have been, Lord God, I pray my testimony bless them and that you that you'd be able to mold and shape them the way that you would like to moving forward. All these things we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. So when we begin in Matthew, we begin with the Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus starts by expressing what he values in people. He starts by describing the perfect people for his kingdom, okay? Verse 1, he says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And I just learned today after I told my mother what I was going through that these are the Beatitudes. <laughs> I knew that, but I didn't know that. And I needed her to re-say it to me. But here they are, verse 3 through 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain, which means to get, acquire, or maintain, mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then the Lord shifts here, right? He stops speaking to the vague audience and directs his attention to the multitude of people in front of them. And so imagine the reasoning behind this, right? Because he just, he basically just set their hearts in place for use. So before you receive your assignment, you need the heart that is described in verse 3 through 10. You have to seek the poor in spirit and those who mourn. Go get the meek and those passionate about righteousness. These are the criteria for those who are perfect candidates for kingdom citizenship, right? Yeshua wants the merciful and pure-hearted peacemakers, okay? He also seeks to redeem those that are currently being persecuted at the time of this sermon, right? Those who are suffering for having faith in him are on his mind. Right. He's painting the picture while also preparing them with the state of mind they need to be in to complete the task. And then training begins. Right. Verse 11. Blessed are ye. Right. You. He 
He's talking to y'all now in front of him. Blessed are ye when men shall revile or insult you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So he's saying you're blessed, especially when people disrespect you and lie on you in the most disgusting of ways just because you serve God. You're blessed. Then here's the verse that he sent me to. It says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. I'm sorry, rejoice and be exceeding glad, right? For grace is your reward, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you, all right? So to be exceeding glad is saying be overjoyed. But I read something interesting, right? I noticed that there are colon marks in the King James Version, breaking this up a little bit. So I asked myself, why are the colon marks there? And um, I looked at some comparative verses in other translations, and the punctuations varied. But the, co- the colons were, most, were mostly replaced by commas. But since this was the verse I started this journey with, I asked God, what is happening here, God? Then I received an image in my spirit of exaltation going forth. And then I said, oh, snap! Is Jesus showing emotion in his preaching? Like, is he getting fired up? (laughs) Right? Because I know that in scripts, punctuation is a tool to allow the actor to make a thought or emotional transition. Right? So I said, wow, that would be dope if Jesus was being filled by the Holy Spirit here. Right? And the Amplified Bible Classic Edition, the AMPC version, Um, puts the words strong and intense after the word heaven, where the second set of colons is. So I said, wait, if Jesus is feeling it, what he's saying, then you know Matthew is probably losing his mind in this moment. And so I got the feeling of note taking from Matthew more than dictation being taken down and recorded from him, right? Because if God had promised you a heavenly reward, would you not be moved? Right? So this is a church moment. This is Jesus up there being a hype man. And the disciples are just as susceptible to the hype gas as we would be. Right? So Jesus is gassing us up. Right? He's saying, blessed are ye when men shall revile or insult you. Right? And persecute you and shall say all manner of evil things falsely for my sake. He's saying y'all should be rejoicing. So when he says rejoice, I'm sure they were like, hallelujah, right? And be exceeding glad. I'm sure they were like, glory, right? Clapping and whatever. So this moment here is a moment of praise, right? And then he goes on to 13 and he says, ye are the salt of the earth. And I have another colon right here. So he's bringing us back down to a teachable place. Like, all right, now let me get through my sermon. Y'all calm down. Y'all don't went and got fired up. Calm down. Right. Take a moment. You know, he's saying, you know, get your shoe back from wherever you threw it. Sister Joe, go and collect your wig off of Little Shepherd and simmer down. Okay, y'all doing a lot right now because I got to finish this. (laughs) So then verse 13, this is all that I was feeling while I was reading it. Right. In verse 13, he says, ye, you all are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. 
So Yeshua is saying, you brighten up every room of this earth. You are a necessity. Like salt, you are complete and holy in your purpose as you are. And there is no replacement for you in the earth. I got a hundred ways to make food hot. If I don't have black pepper, I have scotch bonnet. I have jalapenos. I have chili peppers. But salt is salt. It does what it is. And if ever it doesn't do what it is made to do, what use do I have for it? There's nothing left to do with it but toss it out and let people step on it like it's sand, right? Now let me stop right here and testify, y'all, because I prayed for this word last night. And I have been admitting to my fiance, my brother in love, my sisters in spirit, that I am struggling. You know, the women of H1OA, helpers one of another, they have been pouring into my life. They've uh, ref been refreshing my soul in prayers. And that all began two weeks ago, right? We went by the water and we released our burdens into the water. There was healing. There was lots of tears. We washed each other's feet last weekend. More healing and more tears. My son was baptized. Plenty of tears there. More healing. I've been preaching out in open areas in the park up the street from my house. I'm seeing God move the people that are within the sound of my voice. My husband, he led a, a Sabbath talk last Saturday. I've led two Bible studies. I've had multiple visions um, and spoke over many hearts in the past past month or so, you know, so God has been moving for real in my life. Right. And you would think with all of this activity in the spirit that I would be more at peace with the fact that God has asked me to do something like this podcast. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm not OK with it. I was not OK with it until I started reading this right here. Right. And I was struggling to share because I'm feeling underqualified, right? I'm struggling to lead because I feel self-conscious for having such an authoritative approach because I'm passionate about my love for God. But I'm also overly concerned about how y'all who hear this will receive me who comes from such little church background and a history in secular music, a child out of wedlock and, and just... Very little knowledge of the word of God, right? And I had a hair client tell me four days ago. So this is all leading up into today that um, when she was in my shoes feeling similar to me, because everywhere I go, I'm speaking on my, my issue with this call that God is putting on my heart, right? I'm telling them like, I feel so honored, but I'm so afraid, right? And she says she was in my place and God met her in the same agony that I'm experiencing and and the turmoil that I was having. And she said that God told her, I am not confused. And it shook my core because God is choosing me in a way that we all have the potential to be used. The way that so many believers pray to be used. I'm one of them. And yet in the midst of me being so honored, I am also so insecure. And I don't know the Bible, right? And I was expecting. I was spiritually attacked by a demon in my dream last night. Again, this has happened to me multiple times over my life, okay? And it's something that I've become used to in my dreams. But it took me too long to recite a scripture to the demon for it to flee. And so moments like that discouraged me. But let me tell you something. I needed this verse today because I am salt, 
You can't get nothing from me but what he made me to be. So season to your taste. Amen. Glory to God. I thank you for that breakthrough. Hallelujah. Because I was having a hard time. And I have to accept the fact that what he makes you is what you are. It goes into 14. Verse 14, he says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He's still talking to me right here. Oh, Jesus. God is saying, Joe, if I lift you up, where will you hide? Right? You can't go back to a private love affair with me, Joe. We've been at this for 36 years, just me and God. So this is for me, y'all. And I want it so badly to do the work of the kingdom privately and give all my blessings, the credit of God in my life and just be like, yo, if you see me living my best life, God is good, right? But I never thought God would ask me to share me and his relationship with all of you in this way, right? Then verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So it's like, you don't light a candle to hide it. How would it do its job if you did that? So it's same for the light that God places in us. This was for me. Y'all have to understand this was for me, right? In 16, he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And then God stopped me there. There was no more for me to read. That was it. And I didn't need to go further today. And I heard so many of these verses. When I read uh, verse four, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. I thought of the call I received just moments before this, this morning, this morning, I got a call from my son's father and he told me his friend had passed away. And, and he told me that his brother was seriously injured on a bike and he risked a leg amputation. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, I've heard this and I thought of him and then I, and then I, when I read verse five, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, or they shall inherit the earth. It's one of my favorites that I remember when I was younger, and it makes me think of my mother because my mother is very shy. But recently, she just found her voice. Glory to God, right? And then I read verse 6. Blessed are, are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I remember my, my pronoun, my, my fiancé had just spoke of this in his Sabbath talk last Saturday, seven days ago, all right? And then it said, blessed are, I read verse eight, skipping seven. I read verse eight and it said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And it reminds me of a song that I used to listen to in my grandmother's house, you know, and it was like, nothing but the righteous. And that, that, that song right there, I used to love that song. And at the end of it, it's shall see God. And I thought about that when I, when I read it. And so while I'm reading these Beatitudes, all of these things are coming into my mind, right? And then finally in, in, in 9, um, I, I, I read, you know, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. And this too reminds me of my mother because she gave that verse to me when I was out in Arizona going through a lot of trauma, going through a lot of issues. And she let me know that God is going to bless me for attempting to heal my family. And then finally, you know, really finally, in, in verse 10, it said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for the kingdom of for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this for this this was for me, you know, for everything, including my attack in my spirit, right? Because it hit me differently today. And I thank God for his wonderful answer to my prayer, because 
It's going to be right here in front of y'all that I promise. Everything I do is to glorify God in the place that I am. That my heart is pure. My intent is to make peace. I seek righteousness over being called right. I have offered mercy in the midst of people who truly have done me harm. Yet I never allowed those things to boost my self-esteem in my spirit because those things never made, never seemed to comfort me in the flesh, right? Instead, it was those very things that got me abused, got me lied on, got me stolen from, got me abandoned, got me accused in horrible ways, and it got me into plenty of fights, right? But not today. I'm not going to look at those things like that today. Today, you guys hear me say it for the first time out loud that I am chosen. God chose me for this right here. And my character is just what God looks for in a person. And my testimony is proof of it. Because men do revile, persecute, and say all manner of evil against me. And I humbly hid my worship, praise, and service in hopes that that would help them see how genuine my service to God is. But I'm not going to do that anymore, right? I am going to be a city on a hill. I'm a lighthouse. I'm not going to hide. God put me in this position. I couldn't hide even if I wanted to. And I'm telling y'all, I did want to, right? But no one's misinterpretation of my sincere intention to show y'all the love of God is going to make me find a bushel for my flame or make me dull the flavor of my salt ever again. I am light salt. And that's for whatever y'all are serving out here. Amen. And glory to God. The book of Joe is but a portion of a family ministry called the Black Love Smiths. To follow the Black Love Smiths, you can do so at Black Love Smiths on Instagram or Facebook. To get into contact with Joe, please email bookofjoe at gmail.com. God bless you.